Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. Giggles, great to be here this evening in your beautiful St Kilda West home again. Two nights in a row for recording in Giggles' house, you're doing oh, yeah. well. Yeah, we're training over the road tonight, so I, I got the, the sneaky vote to have it in my house again, it was great. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are without Shawnee tonight, he was up in Sydney on a fact-finding mission for us. And he's not back on time, but he has sent through a couple of messages that he wants us to read out. But uh, just myself and Giggles tonight. So we had a couple of steaks and, and the veggies for the dinner, no carbs. Shawnee, yeah. Shawnee loves the carbs. He wouldn't be happy with us at all now after training with no carbs. But yeah. Yeah. So since last week, we had a, we had a good episode last week. A lot of feedback on on the Giggles Corner. Um, first up, we had a, a message in from Tommy O'Neill on Instagram. Great show, lads. On the co- controversial decisions, a few older ones. First up, we had... Liam Fenley's goal in the 1982 Leinster final after the ball had gone wide. In 85, a final, a ball landed two feet over the line and bounced back out, no goal given. And this one giggles, which I'm surprised at you, you didn't have actually. And a couple of people said it was Charlie Redmond in 95 getting the second yellow and never going off. Oh, gee, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah, within yeah, your yeah, lifetime. Yeah, yeah. So th- that is that was a ridiculous one, wasn't it? Jeez, when you think back, he got a second yellow and wasn't sent off. And, and just stayed on the field. <laughs> yeah. So fair play, yeah. Char- fair play to Charlie. He's he's taken enough abuse from us over some episodes. There, there was also two others that were sent in. One of them I just kind of thought of myself. It was actually in an All Ireland final. I think it was 80, 87 or eighty eight. Galway won the game anyway. But there was the phantom whistle. Aina Ryan had the ball for Galway in the full forward line. I think it could have been against Kilkenny. Somebody blew a whistle in the in the in the stand. The whole Kilkenny backline stopped. Aina Ryan ran through and stuck the ball in the net and it was given as a goal. Oh my um, god. Which was one, and then actually Connor Costello, our, our good friend Connor, sent in one. This one was actually a correct decision, but it was controversial at the time. It was, I think, it was the two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine Munster final or Munster semi final under twenty one. Clare and Tipperary, the current Clare goalie Donald Two, he was the man on, on on nets that day, and he took a puck out when the, the game was level. And there was about 30 seconds left in the game. And the umpire put up his flag for Donald too. He's stepping outside the box. And the ref gave the 65, which Tipperary duly put over the bar and won the Munster semi-final or Munster final, whichever one it was. And uh, yeah, there was another guard escort for that particular referee at the time. So That's a rule that we've just seen disappear again. It's, it was it was it was a one year kind of a, a show pony that obviously Mick Curley and the lads above in, in kind of central council tried to kind of get pushed back in. They brought it in for a year or two, yeah, and it's disappeared again. And I think you could see Donald Tuohy outside the box for pretty much most of his puck outs against Tipperary on Sunday. Yeah, so we got some more feedback then on Giggles Corner. Um, in from Ron McSweeney at Paddy and Oz on Twitter, saying, loving your work, boys. Here's one for Giggles Corner that wasn't. Maybe we were speaking about doing the rule change. Oh, yeah. So he said, how about for the 2020 Hurling Championship, introduce two referees, one in front of the play and the other behind, same as the rugby league here. Yeah, I, th- I think I think if you can get two referees on the same wavelength, absolutely it makes total sense. I think the problem with the GA is you go down to it's it's all. I suppose you'll have to implement it at inter county level first and have two guys and, and and trial it there. It would be very hard to implement in the club game. Obviously, enough it's hard enough to get referees one, never mind two. But I, I think it's a great suggestion. Um, and you can if, as long as you've got two fair-minded people, they can make the right decision. They can consult each other. And you can get on with it, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea, especially for the inter-county level games. Probably not, wouldn't work out at club, but we have it in the International Rules Series between Ireland and Australia, mm. and it works yeah. really well. Yeah. I think it would just cut out a lot of off-the-ball stuff. Yeah. Um, whether more, if, would it break up to play, I don't know, but it would just mean probably to be not as much pulling a dragon going on in the back, which I don't like to see myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, an interesting tweet in from, from Ron. Um, so on today's show, we are going to look at where we stand finally we get the final pairings for Leinster and we know where, where that table lies now we had the second last weekend in Munster what another brilliant weekend in Munster and Leinster to be fair with, with all the games were all within a point um, barred at Bar- Waterford and Limerick game and we also have, have Giggles Corner so coming up first we're going to have a, have a look at Munster and where we're up to Trailhead full of zombies. I met a strange lady, she made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And she 
What a cracking weekend of hurling we had last weekend. Munster served up another belter um, with Tip and Clare. Probably a slow start to the game, Giggles. Yeah. Not in terms of, obviously, Tip got off to a great lead. But you, you were texting me during the game, you thought the hurling was a bit scrappy, yeah. particularly from Clare's point of view. Yeah, I think I think everyone in hindsight is talking about the classic that we had. But I think anyone watching the game after 60 minutes when Tipperary were four points open in cruise control... Maybe I was kind of thinking, and Watford were getting a bit of a hiding on the other side. Was thinking, ah, oh, Munster may have kind of served its best now. Do you know, over the last couple of weeks, we were spoiled. But then, obviously, we got the finish that we got, which was absolutely unbelievable. But going back to your point, I think Tipperary were very tired, but they were very, very clinical for most of the game. I felt um, anytime they got the ball, John McGrath in particular, or Jason Ford or Callan, it was a one touch, bang, controlled over the bar or. A goal one, one time Clare's first touch was absolutely diabolical they were on so much ball and they were trying the short passing game which is their game and, and it worked to good effect but their first touch was scandalous it was a scrappy game and I, I after watching the whole game I still don't know how Clare won that game I really don't yeah I think it was because Tipperary just didn't finish him off like Tip should have been they were up by I think they got to 7 or 8 points at one stage yeah. even 9 but they just didn't kill him off in the start of that second half. Yeah. Clear got on a bit of a run. Tony Kelly clipped over a couple of points before the end of the first half after hitting a few bad wides. Kind of started seeing kind of a bit of a shift there. And obviously the big turning point was Podge Collins. Yeah. Like he had a massive impact on the game. Like they, they made a comment on half time on the Sunday game, taking off Conor McGrath, the typical junior B tactic to poor Conor <laughs> yeah. Ford getting the curly finger. No ball was going into him. Yeah. But then Podge Collins, like he was involved with the goal. He scored two points and he's up, I think, another two points. Yeah. Like, you know, like having a player like that spring, it was it was set up for him really, yeah. wasn't it? I I, I listened to your like Nan's comment. Look, and I played corner forward long enough myself and have got that treatment before too. But I think if you're a corner forward and you're not getting the ball, you have to go and look for it. And I think Conor McGrath actually was in position of the ball two or three times and either got blocked down or got caught in position or did a stupid little hand pass two yards. So I thought Conor McGrath was right to be taken off. I didn't think he was having a good game at all. And as you said... Podge came back and played the first good game he's played probably the All-Ireland Final in 2013 and scored three points in play, was instrumental in the goal and dragged Clare back into the championship. Yeah, and like a phenomenal win for Clare. First time beating Tipperary in Turles in 90 years was the oh, stat. yeah, yeah. yeah they'd, Turles, they'd yeah. beaten him before, I think back in 98 or 99 was in, in, a, in a game, but 90 years in Turles, like what a... That's serious. That's yeah, a serious yeah, yeah, yeah. stat for you there. Um, but like the clear manager issued the war cry before the game saying like you know we're going to do it here today you're going to see it like what kind of hurting Claire during the week and then seeing that first half performance you're like oh kind of set himself up for a bit of a fail here like can I talk a bit of a big talk again but like the way they just ran at Tip for that last probably 10-15 minutes yeah. I know you can say about Tip you had four games on the bounce but I don't think that actually came into it I think just mentally I think from the start of this series they've been fragile they haven't looked themselves. They've pulled results out of the bag and getting two draws. Yeah. But I think that was just probably due to the quality of the players they had in the field. Mentally, they just haven't been there. Yeah, I think... Oh, yeah, Definitely, I agree with your point. Like, in, we're, we're looking at a situation now where we've got two of last year's top four, Watford and Tipperary, semi-finalists from last year, are gone out of the championship before the, the 11th of June, which is crazy. And Tip were everyone's favourites for the Munster final. They have serious talent. They just haven't clicked together at all. And did take individual brilliance to bring him back from the brink and this time was the opposite they went ahead and everyone thought oh here come Tipperary now they're doing what they're doing Paddy Maher was starting to break out with balls we'll talk about some of the soft frees he got maybe later on which was scandalous the referee uh, I didn't believe had a good game at all but um yeah they just they just and I think I suppose it typified it then even when they missed the goal and maybe Claire got the goal Jason Ford who hadn't missed a free all day the ball was 45 yards out in a small angle, do you know, you'd, and he drove it like 10 or 15 yards yeah. wide. It was, it was a mentally, it wasn't a physical, free taking is nearly all mental. It was just a mentally bad shot. He drove it wide. He was hoping for the full-time whistle as opposed to driving on through Clare. And I suppose if you ever read, what's in a Philly McMahon's book, it's very instrumental about one time he was waiting for the full-time whistle and he got caught by the hop. And I think Tipperary were waiting for the full-time whistle 
and it was Clare then who went along and won the game and stole the game I, I think Clare only led in the 74th minute that was the only time they led in the whole game yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like it just goes to show even though Clare got that goal Tip were still up at that point by a point yeah still up by a point so it was phenomenal that they hung in there and even though Tip got up again I think Noah McGrath got onto a handy ball put him up again put the, him up by two and Jason two. Ford had the free yeah to put him up three yeah. up and like in fairness to Peter Duggan Peter Duggan was he was kind of flattering to deceive he's a very greedy player that's the one thing I'll say from him he made a beautiful touchdown to himself in the first half went straight through on goal David Reedy was standing right on the post know. and it was just you know Henry Shefflin or a DJ would have just given the little hand pass over he went for the shot he hit the poor bloody umpire right in the ribs uh, and, and he just he wasn't in the game but his free taking was immaculate and he kept tapping the ball over the bar and just kept clear within touching distance but then in fairness to the guy in the last five to seven minutes he just stood up to the plate and that last point kind of swinging it from over the shoulder bullet style on the 14 on the, on the 14 on the sideline was it was it was one of yeah. the points of the year yeah. so far and there's been a lot of good ones it's amazing how a team when they get a bit of a run of momentum shooting on site just things just start going over the bar for you whereas yeah, yeah. in the first half Tony Kelly on his own hitting aimless balls wide do you know what I mean like it's just amazing how a team feeds off that and clear look like a real confidence team and we haven't I think the, the stat is that's their third win in the championship since 2018 since 2013 in five years yeah. that's their third championship yeah. win like you know like since that that breakthrough I learned for that team they really haven't done anything and I think if they hadn't got that result yesterday they couldn't say it was the end of the row for that Clare team given the, their age profile but you'd wonder where, where would have, where they would have gone yeah. next with it yeah and, and I'm still a bit like what Clare haven't found since 2013 is a centre back so Conor Ryan was man of the match I don't know was in both our Ireland finals it certainly was one probably wasn't the second one Shane O'Donnell got that the first one Conor Ryan was man of the match from Cratlow and he gave a masterclass and he had unbelievable problems with his back then for the next two years and retired at Harding at the age of 25. And they just haven't found a back since. They've got Davy Fitzgerald there. They've got Connor Cleary from Milltown Malby. They've got this Jamie Shanahan guy who I think he's a bit, he's a bit like, you know, the negatives from Austin Gleeson wants to shoot from the middle of the field constantly. And it was actually, and their full back line is very strong. You've got David Fitt, or Damien McInerney, full back. You've got O'Connor, the captain, and you've got Brown. But when they brought Shane Amore, he was the man I'm trying to get onto yeah. here. He just made a world of difference. He caught the ball, he drove out from the half back line, he got his head up, and he looked for the clear inside forward line. And it was Podge, and it was Shane O'Donnell, and it was John Conlon getting the ball constantly in the second half, which was where they were causing the damage for Tipperary. And it's where they'll cause the damage for any team if they play them. Yeah, and look, on to Tip then, I think. Clare is breakthrough game. Tipperary ended the road in June, like we said. But there must be some serious problems in Tip. Looking at the starting team and who was off the team. Norma Grab was dropped. Bubbles didn't didn't start. There's problems there in that Tip camp. I think we've seen it towards the end of last year with Cahill Barrett. Even though Cahill Barrett got back in this year, they just don't seem to have a settled camp for the last probably nine to twelve months, yeah. nearly. You know what I mean? They've yeah. they've been running on fumes, really. Yeah, and I think, look, if you go down through all the successful teams, even the teams that didn't win All Ireland that were successful, every single team has like 13 to 14 players that know where they're playing in every single game. Like, look at Watford, just my own comments. Everyone knew that De Burka was the, the sweeper. Everyone knew the halfback line then was Leeson, Mahoney and Darafai. Brick was, and Kevin Moore were coming into midfield with Jamie Barron. Everyone knew their job. Whereas, ever since... Uh, Tipperary got beaten out the gate by Galway in the league final last year Tip have been just keep trying and tweaking and tipping and tapping and nobody knows where they're playing and as a result if you don't know where you're playing and playing in a settled system the whole time you're, you're, you're never going to kind of get that kind of consistency and I think if you go back to the Cork team maybe of 04 05 they had one different player I think in something like 10 or 12 different championship games I think it was one of their corner forwards got injured but it was always the same team they knew what their structure was and you can say that can be a bit predictable in the current game for, for opposition but it's, it, it kind of helps the team kind of deliver the performance that they want to deliver and I think that's where Tip's main problem is they don't know who's playing centre forward every day they don't know who's playing corner is it Shamey is it Jason Ford is it John McGrath one lad then takes individual responsibility to come out and try and win the game himself like John McGrath did and there's no pattern then at all and it's just all up in the air and it's individualism as opposed to team play yeah. and you contrast that then we will get into it in a while but with the Limerick team and the Limerick team are just so team focused everyone knows their job and they've, they've probably got seven to nine different scores every single game and look yeah on that as well looking at the likes of Seamus Callan there 
like he was injured at the start of the year. He I, he, he was anonymous yesterday. You know, and like and it's, it's kind of sad seeing some of those tip players. I think this year that have just been a shadow of themselves, and whether that's through injury or mentally or whatever, like to be finished up in June from a team who won in 2016 and were being expected to kick on again. Yeah. They've had that classic second and third syndrome in Tipperary. They don't. They're not able to back it up after winning all Ireland same in 2010 took him six years to get back to the top again yeah. you'd wonder now for next year will Michael Ryan be there in his backroom team or is that the end and like Michael Ryan has been part of that legacy of those backroom teams for basically since Liam Sheedy won in 2010 the next manager has been a kind of part of that team all the way through yeah. <clears throat> so is it time for not a new voice but just a, a different approach and tip I think it is I think there'll be a couple of things sort of Tipperary well one of the things with Tipperary as well that I was reading about was they got to the league final and they played all their league games. Then they went into this crazy club hectic scene where they played right up to the week before the Munster Championship in their club championships, which no other county has done. And they probably said, right, we're Tipperary, we're the Premier of the Kings of Hurling or whatever like they call themselves. And they said, oh, we're able to do this club thing. But you can see mentally and, and physically the players were tired. And to go all the way to the league final, to get no break and go straight into club championship and then to go straight back with the county team was definitely a mistake. And the April club season, not to blame anyone up in, in, in the higher ranks in Crow Park, but it's definitely an impact on the county panel having to go back to your clubs and then come back in. And Tip just weren't prepared. Going back to Seamus Callan. He, he was injured and he's been trying to get back fit and you know yourself if you're playing and you're not fully fit you're not yourself and you're not delivering your Seamus Callan world you're 211 you're 212 per game he's getting one or two points and maybe the freeze used to give him the confidence as well to go on and score more and he didn't have the freeze and it was just yeah he just wasn't the player of the last three years that he was been nominated for hurler of the year the last three years in a row mm, yeah and like it's going to be interesting to see what, what the follow is going to be there in tip but we had a we ran a competition here in Gadea GA at the start of this doing the predictor predictor top five in Munster top five in Leinster no one would have had Tipperary in the bottom two did no one have I'm them? pretty sure I'm going to yeah. have to go back through them all again but like I think we're going to find it hard to get to get a winner there there's a few had Waterford alright including yeah. myself I had him had him down for, for coming forward I think in it but uh it's just I don't think anyone could have foreseen that they wouldn't have been outside the top three N- in N- our, our club treasurer Gary Owen Niall McMahon texted me now interestingly enough today and he said to me I didn't he's just after having a, a baby girl Quiva um, he goes I didn't have time lads to enter the t- Tipperary competition but I called it before the, the championship started Tip weren't going to qualify having the message sorry now Niall you can't enter the competition and say that but wait, wait, he, who did he, he call it to like I don't he probably called it to, <laughs> to the to half, Quiva half, halfway through like the season like uh, he's He's, he's a fairly integral man now so we'll take his word for it but uh, we can't let him into the competition unfortunately no sorry not, not at the very end we do have an update on the prize and that we'll touch on that in, in later on in the show but look that's that was tip and clear I know you might say it wasn't a cracker but the last 15-20 minutes was like edge of the seat stuff yeah. you know what I mean you could see clearer coming it was point for point there was a, the, off the post up got the goal yeah. like it was a great finish it wasn't the same standard of the games we've had probably in other weeks gone by in terms of the hurling in it but it was still it was a very exciting finish it was exciting and I think they, they described it as the 18 seconds that changed Tipperary's championship mm-hmm. and Jake Morris did everything right credit to Donald too he closed the angle as fast as he could and if it, was a, if it wasn't a Kit Oak taking that shot, if it was a, a right-handed player, he definitely would have scored the goal. But the Kit Oak kind of had a different, di- more difficult angle. Off the post, Shane Amori again, the man we spoke about, give it a delivered ball down to Duggan. Duggan caught the ball. If you watch it in slow motion, Duggan actually throws the ball. Clear as day, throws the ball to, to the oncoming Podge Collins. We won't take away from the beauty of the score, but it was definitely a free out. Podge Collins solos through. Gives the dummy, comes inside, gives it to Galvin. Galvin takes a lovely sidestep and buries it's his beautiful net. finish. And as you said, Liam, that were still a point down and actually Tip did the right thing. They pretended they had an injury. They took about a minute out of the clock, took Claire's momentum out of it and got the next score and then got the free to go three points up perhaps and close out the game. But as you said, Tip probably are a little bit mentally frail this year. Didn't have it and Claire were given the opportunity and they went down one by two points themselves. And look, and just before we finish on that game, just a touch on Parik Maher and he's the freeze he wins coming out like as a back you know you might be in the back supporters club and well done to Park <laughs> for winning those frees but from a referee's point of view yeah. how you have not copped on to what he does in that the man he jumps at one stage the second one he won or the third one he won he jumped two feet up off the air into the clear forward that was coming towards yeah. him 
You know what I mean? Like it's and, and ridiculous the, yeah. the inconsistencies. And then I think down the other end, Pat O'Connor got a free given against him for, for Bargin. Yeah. For Bargin. Like you know, like they were so obvious yeah. in that instance. And Park Maher is so good at it. And credit to him for that. But it's uh, he's a player I don't particularly like yeah. any uh, from but any point of view. But like it's ridiculous yeah. how what he gets away with and the freeze he wins every time. And every the, time he gets the one, the one you're talking about, I I know the exact one where he jumped and nearly yeah. kind of headbutted the lad. It was the most clear cut barge, and he jumped off his feet, which he is not a rule. It's not a free. It's a free in. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, I think the man from Carlo did all right. I think it was his first big game. Um, Hawkeye was a disaster, though. Hawkeye was a disaster. We don't we don't know. It was the first one right or wrong, but anyway, they no. gave it, and it got working in, in the second half. But yeah, we could have, we could have done with Hawkeye blowing the Gaelic grounds last week. <laughs> oh yeah, for the goal, goes that one again. But look, that's tip gone. Um, Clare face into next week against against Limerick in Ennis, which I think could be a cracking game. Like Limerick, obviously had the great win over Warford yesterday. Did have a message in here from from Park Neary saying straight up, Giggles, or this is going to be a hard one for you. I'd like Giggles take on the inverted commas visionary Derek McGrath, one league title, no monster, and no All Irelands in five years. Yeah, that's 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 a harsh me- message now. <laughs> to start off into, the, into Limerick and Waterford. Yeah, before we jump into Limerick and Waterford, I, ju- I just say one thing on Clare. Like I, I like Clare as a team, but I think they need to sort their centre back out and find centre back and get Shane Amory in a wing back if they're going to be challengers. I said it about Cork as well. I don't like Cork's spine. I don't think it's fitting for or suitable to win All Ireland. Um, and I think look, I, I, Clare's my second team. I always kind of end up find myself cheering on Clare probably because I went to school up there. Whenever they're not playing, when you're playing on any other team but Watford, and I think they have the 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 ability if they can get some things right. But I would question the management and like the war cry at the start, and then you see a tame little puppy coming out at at, at the start of the game. There's something not fully going right with Clare at the moment. I don't think. Yeah. But yeah, we, we better answer the old Neary there, and it's look Park, Park Neary. Yeah. Park Neary, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think look, Derek McGrath's got Watford from nowhere to an All-Ireland final last year and an All-Ireland semi-final for the two years and brought them to the top four and they're consistently in the top four they have players and I think maybe in hindsight hindsight's a great thing Derek has said that he put all his eggs he didn't care about the league he wanted to go for the championship they were dealt an awful bad blow with injuries in saying that I don't think they've come together like they had in the last three years I don't think like with the Bennett's leaving, you think if a, if, a t- if a player thinks he's going to win All-Ireland with a team, there's no way he's going to go off to San Francisco or go off to Sweden like the two boys did. So there must have been something not right about this year. And I think from what I've heard when I was at home, like Shane Bennett himself, he's 20, 21 years of age. He's been playing for three years in this horrible role of playing a two-man foot forward line told to run after four players and not score and then get taken off after 50 minutes. Like That's not enjoyable for anyone to play in. And I think maybe some of the players just didn't find the system that they play in enjoyable anymore. And, and maybe it's time for a new voice and probably a back to a new system and maybe get the Waterford team set up like they should be set up. Like They've got six amazing backs, two brilliant midfielders, and they've got any amount of forwards. So there's no reason why they can't be challenging again next year, but I think a fresh voice probably is probably in order at this stage. And I think Derek will probably will be the first to admit that, and I'd say he'll probably step down this year anyway. Yeah, and I think we had spoken about that, that Derek had kind of flagged as well that this was his last year, which I don't think was a good thing to do for the players, knowing that this is the end of the year. when You, buy in, you have to buy into his system. Yeah. You know what I mean? You really have to buy into it. And knowing that it's kind of coming to the end, like you said, a couple of boys walking away to start the year for a break, there probably wasn't good vibes there. They went off on a holiday, came back a bit later. Yeah. It probably just and like I said, that that game where the, all those injuries came, it, like it couldn't have been a worse start for him. So they probably were behind the eight ball for this championship. But again, as a war for supporter like yourself, they like you're riding the crest of the wave last year all the way to the second Sunday of September and now we're looking at here, bottom of the table with a point and it's the second weekend of June. Yeah. Like, you know, it's as I, say, I look I'm lucky now being a Kilkenny supporter, I've guaranteed another few Sundays yeah. out of this to have your hurling over in June is tough for a county this stage but just just looking on at the team this weekend that, that lined out like it, it just going back to talking about settled teams if you know what I mean and, and used to playing with each other and the team for the last three years in Warford very rarely changed in terms of its variety of players whereas this year sure it's a different like there's another three lads injured and there's another three lads coming in and Jay McNulty, who's a cornerback, is playing wing forward, and and you've kind of all over. Kenny have had a similar thing though, as well. They've had yeah. seven championship yeah. debutants this year, and even in between since the last 
since the first game against Dublin, mm. the Kilkenny team has changed a lot. Now, obviously, there's some experienced players there and stuff, but they haven't had a settled team either. I don't think anyone, yeah. probably outside of Cork, has had a maybe Limerick. Galway are very settled. They're very settled. They've yeah. a very settled fifteen. Every other team, I think, yeah. has been mixed in a match. I'm, I'm Galway, obviously, yeah. who are just drawn to themselves. If you're comparing Waterford and Kilkenny now, though, you kind of have to take it as Kilkenny started from sub zero, getting beaten by Cork in the first round of the National League, and they've they've built, if you know what I mean, yeah. right? So they've actually got a bit of momentum behind them. They've played some really good hurling in the league. They've played some really good hurling and grinded out some results. So there's probably a sense of, you know momentum behind the camp if you know what I mean coming into all these games and you definitely saw it in the last 10 minutes against Wexford whereas Waterford have come off the back of the holiday on a major downer from the All-Ireland got relegated in the league um, got all these injuries they put up a performance for 55-56 minutes against Tipperary that was probably one of the best performances in the championship so far and then let it go so there's definitely on the flip side there's just no momentum and there's a sense of kind of downward uh, feel, not, I won't say feel sorry, but you know, like negative yeah. kind of pressure with them, and there's just it's it's just not a positive camp. Whereas Kilkenny on the flip side, even though they've got an unsettled team, everyone's really biting at the bit. I can imagine in there just to get on the team, and we could actually win a Leinster, and that's probably the feeling in that camp versus Watford, which is Jesus. What do we, And maybe there's a bit of kind of feeling sorry for yourself that can we not get a break kind of in it? Mm. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's tough. Look, the lads are a serious bunch of lads. They brought a serious joy. They were. If you go back to, the, I think it was the 47 minute against Galway, Kevin Moore had a chance to put his two points up against what no, looks like an unbeatable Galway team right now. Um, they probably never looked like winning the All-Ireland after that, but they were they were, they were there, thereabouts, last by a goal to this amazing Galway team last year. I think they'll definitely be back. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see how that unfolds next year and the developments in Waterford over the summer. Um, obviously, there is Cork and Waterford are playing this Sunday. You expect Cork to win that game, even though look, Warford have nothing to lose. It's kind of a strange game. Warford will definitely want to register a victory. Yeah. Um, like the, the top three in Munster will be Limerick, Clare, and Cork. But depending on what yeah. the, the results go, who will actually take up those three positions? Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I think. Well, first actually, I'll just touch on Shawnee. Shawnee has a message here for us, saying he's predicting next week to Limerick to beat Clare and Cork to beat Warford. He's looking forward to next week here and Giggles explain how a highly fancied relegation side Cork got to Munster final without a full back <laughs> or a centre back. So I think did you have Cork in your bottom too? I had Cork at bottom, yeah. Bottom, yeah. yeah bottom, Limerick yeah. second bottom. Jesus, that was very wrong. Yeah. Um look, I think I think Warford will go up and give it a crack in Semple Stadium. I think they'll have nothing to lose, they'll have no fear. Uh, it's the Brick Welch's seventy four championship game, which means he passes Brendan Cummins as the most experienced capped hurler in championship appearances of all time uh, which is crazy stat. it's a serious that is a serious man I remember my first ever time playing with Waterford Minor I remember he was a year older than me and he was the midfielder and he was like he was the brick like you know you knew where you were playing with the brick when he was kind of going through three or four lads at a time and he was doing that at minor he played I think he made his debut in 2003 the and now we're time. 2018 so 70, it'll be 74 for the brick um, I'm sure Waterford won't want to go out on a whimper and they'll want to give him a, a nice one to go out they'll very much enjoy if they could knock Cork out of a Munster final that'd be definitely on their minds and it's Waterford versus Cork and Turles uh, in a kind of a throwaway game so the lads will go up I'm sure they'll train they'll recover this week they'll go off and just shoot, try and shoot the lights out next week they'll have a cut off they'll have say. a cut it'll exactly. be 15-15 yeah. I reckon yeah which Absolutely. could be good yeah. and then we have Limerick and Clare Shawnee's going for, for Limerick to be Clare in Ennis that is a horrible place to go to like you know what I mean horrible little pitch horrible little stands Every, the pitch isn't even I know the pitch, the pitch is, is the pitch good? Yeah, yeah no, is it I good? used to play in it when I was in school up there. The pitch is, okay. is up there with Nolan Park and Turles. It's an actually Nolan it's Park, that's a big cog. Yeah, I, know, yeah. I sent you an article about that during the I week. That, it's one yeah. of the top pitches in the country. <laughs> it, it's a lovely surface in Clare. It's the stands that make it look shocking. It and it's, it's very old school. And it's right in the middle of the town. And there's a serious atmosphere. It's like, there's not many championship games in Ennis. Because it's obviously so far away. And Clare would all be playing in neutral venues. But the atmosphere around Ennis on a match day is fantastic because there's so many little pubs down there around the Queens and then you s s head off to the right down towards Cusey Park and it's tight and there's probably, I don't know, is it 12 or 15,000 people? It'll be a sellout anyway. Oh, it'll, be, it'll be a sellout. I think it's, it was sold out anyway because Clare and Limerick obviously is like the Cork and Waterford or the Kilkenny and Wexford kind of rivalry. It's going to be, it'll be a cracking game. I fancy Limerick. I think Limerick are number two in the country at the moment. I think they're the only team that might give Galway a, a rattle. Um, 
Clare and Ennis is obviously has its own challenge, but I just fancy Limerick um, because I think they're the best team in Munster at the moment. And Clare probably have gone against the grain of the home advantage was didn't come true for Tipperary at the weekend. So and that was one of the first games. That was one of the first games yeah. really where they kind of overturned that. So that was interesting to see. Um, look, just quickly on Warford as well, because it was touched on by Brenda Cummins and Michael Dyden on the Sunday game in terms of Warford are going to have no home games again next year because all those matches won't, won't can't be played down in Walsh Park. Like we've seen, just touched on that, the home advantage has been a big thing. Obviously, it doesn't make sense for every county in Munster or Leinster to have a 30 or 40,000 seater stadium because it's not going to be full during the year. Yeah. But do you think... Warford need to do something costs a lot of money but to bring it up to speed that they can have the equivalent of an Ennis if an Ennis can only hold yeah. 12 to 15 surely Warford can get their house in order to get something like that because it, it makes a massive difference like oh, yeah. Kenny would not have like Kenny beating Wexford we'll touch that next game but the home support was massive on, on, on Saturday yeah. night huge yeah. huge factor and it looked like a cracking atmosphere look the, the problem over the years with Warford has been the west-eastern divide um, and the, the two different boards the western board and the eastern board not being able to agree on what's the, the primary pitch in Warford so the eastern lads and then the county board will say it's Welsh Park and they've got one big lovely stand on one side and nothing else and the western lads will say it's Fraher Field and they've got one big lovely stand and a lovely field and nothing else so you've got two pitches um, that are I personally am a western West Waterman I hate going down to Welsh Park I hate the pitch down there I love Farrar Field I love playing on it and I think Dungarvan is the town, the county town of Waterford it should have been Farrar Field that was developed but they're going ahead with Welsh Park now it'll be next year if it was me and I was Waterford and you could do the deal I would play every game home game next year in Nolan Park and at least bring the likes of Limerick and Tipperary, especially Tipperary, away to somewhere where they're uncomfortable and they're not used to it. Whereas mm. Watford, it's 25 minutes up the road to Kilkenny, isn't it? From yeah, Watford 25 City. minutes. So yeah. At least they get the majority of the fans up there. They'll get the atmosphere up there. And That's an interesting idea. I wonder where they look into that. Nolan Park would be delighted to have those games. I yeah. reckon they would. And I think they should. But I think, and I think they did look into it this year and what the blocker was was something to do with the Munster Council. Of course, yeah. with ticket, with get ticket sales probably. Exactly. Money, so um, it's all comes down, yeah. They say it's not about money, but it yeah. is. So um, yeah, look, I think next year if they could do a deal in Nolan Park, at least it'd make it more uncomfortable for the away teams coming down. They'd have to go to Kilkenny, um, but yeah, they'd, they'll get their house in gear at some stage on Welsh Park. But it's uh, it's going to it's going to be a long road. It's going to be a long road, and it's going to be three years of trial for this new format. So yeah. you're, you're hoping they can get that sorted before the final year. Look, we we'll leave it there for Munster. Great weekend ahead next weekend, even though like Limerick Clare should be fascinating. Looking forward to that. I think that one is televised. I'm pretty sure oh, it is. That, that will be, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's televised. So looking forward to that. So up next, Giggles Corner actually is back. New iteration. Looking forward yeah. to hear it. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because like, you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and. I, I, I love I love I love me county you know We love Okay Giggles you're on a fire with Giggles Corner at the moment a lot of reaction last week to your top five. A lot of people not happy with your number one. You went very personal with I your did, number yeah, one. Yeah, you, yeah, very, uh, you were flying in with the top four, and then number one for me was yeah. a curveball. And uh, but that's okay. It was still a very controversial decision. But the Charlie Raymond one, I think, was a great pickup from Tommy. It was a very good pickup. I totally and, missed that one. Yeah. Though, to be fair, and I've seen it. There's actually a documentary <clears> on that final as well, and about him, like Charlie himself speaking that even though he knew. He got, got to say the second. There was no yellows back then. Actually, he was getting your name yeah, taken, yeah. but the ref just didn't order him to the line. So he just kind of he stayed on. He just I stayed on. That. that was yeah. that was ninety five against her own, was it? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. And yeah. then there was in in that game as well. There was the famous pick up right at the end where Devlin picked the ball off the ground allegedly, which was shown afterwards. It wasn't a pick off the ground. Kicked it over the bar for the equaliser, and the ref gave it free out. Yeah, yeah. we say money doesn't come into the jail no. while Dublin. I <laughs> know. Look. Dublin finally got over the line after three losses, I think, to Down, Derry and Donegal in the previous three and years. Jail on that team as well. Yeah. So, very Giggis, what do you have for us this week? Uh, so, I decided I'm going to take stock of the championship so far and pick my all-star team 
uh, of the championship so far. So oh, okay. I was thinking, I think we've had something like 18 to 20 games out of a possible 28 to 30 games in the championship already. So Two thirds The majority of the hurling is done. Obviously, the All-Stars and the Knights are going to be brought down to the semi-final, the final and the quarter-finals as it is every single year um, it'll be those six teams and I, I presume the six teams actually that we'll get to those will feature heavily here if not fully here but I think there's been some superb performances and I've got a list here as long as my arm about the people who are unlucky but I'll go through it anyway and I'll see what listeners think and see if we get any feedback if I'm missing anyone out and I've one or two positional changes which will piss somebody off or a few people off so actually just on uh, piss off there we got some another feedback in from John Reaney there giggles bad language again last week you swore oh, yeah. again last week. Piss off is all right. It's though, okay, it? but yeah. just, just just keep an eye on it for the next all rest right, of the George, show. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, John. <laughs> John doesn't take the bad language well at all. He'd be riffing the games out in Gailey Park. You can't curse him or you get the line. <laughs> so it should be. That's true. Um, so, in goal, I was actually erring on giving it to my county man, Stephen O'Keefe. Oh, Jesus. Until not, he probably not made it. Yeah, uh, and he made one big mistake with Graham Mulcahy getting in for the goal. He still went up and scored the field and scored a point. And he's done some crazy things and he's made some superb saves, but I don't think anyone could look past Anthony Nash at the moment. Owen Murphy would probably feel hard done by, but Anthony Nash has made some phenomenal saves and his puckouts have been fantastic. Uh, in the full back line, I went for a full back line of Limerick, Sean Finn, who I think has been outstanding. He's He's gotten the better of every corner forward he's marked the colossal that is Dahi Burke at full back yeah. and I've this is a controversial one because I had to make room for him uh, but I put Dermot O'Keefe at cornerback the Wexford wing back who's been outstanding for Wexford Sean O'Donoghue from Cork should be in there Sean O'Donoghue is unlucky and Paddy Deegan is unlucky in fairness to Paddy yeah. Deegan yeah but um, classic you picking players Sean out of position Sean O'Donoghue probably Cork would have beaten Tiveri if he didn't make a mistake so we'll have to, we'll have okay. to give him that right. if, you can, if you can pick out one mistake for a goalie you'll have to pick it out for cornerback the half back line I went for Dermot Burns Limerick who has been outstanding I went for Gerald McInerney in Galway who hasn't put a foot wrong and I went for Chris Crummy of Dublin so far, who's been outstanding. So no Kilkenny player so far? No Kilkenny player so far. Right, here no. we go. <laughs> uh, in midfield, I've gone for Kean Lynch yeah, of Limerick. Can't argue with that one. And I've gone for Tony Kelly, who's played, started uh, two out of his three games in midfield, and he's been f- fairly heavy in the scoring. Mm. He wasn't great the weekend. Good second half, probably. Good second half, and he's, he scored three points. He scored one. He's three, very good he's got six points. He, yeah. He's been phenomenal. I went for a half forward line then of I went for TJ Reid on the oh, weekend's hey, performance for in. you know any of only one player in this team oh and I was I, God, I, nearly, I nearly felt obliged for TJ and just to get any lad in or I get a few off yeah but um I put TJ in at wing forward Joe Canning I don't think there's any question over the center forward position and I went for Rory O'Connor as the other wing forward okay from yeah. Wexford and I went for a full forward line then of Galway's Connor Cooney at corner of the position again you'll say uh, John Conlon from Clare at full who yeah, I think has been outstanding and Patrick Horgan from Cork as the other corner can't argue much of that you can't, it's hard to argue and I suppose I just went through a list of players then who are you know who could make it up well one player one or two of them can't make it up because they're knocked out now but Brendan Maher is very unlucky he's had a great season since he came in I don't know has he giggles he was taken off at the weekend he's well, he, he was hurt at the weekend he actually yeah. had a bad injury had to yeah. go off there but I, I think he actually been average like he went back and caught a few balls at, towards the end of that game against against Waterford, but he was getting cleaned out. Yeah, he's not a match in that game though. I don't know if he deserved that. Maybe he didn't deserve it. That's fair enough. Parik Mannion, the wing back from Galway, is very he's, he's in there. Well. Connor Whelan is going very well. Connor Joe Cooney is yeah. going very well. Lee Chin is in and out. He's doing. He's a he's a solid campaign. Paddy Deegan from Kilkenny. Connor Fogarty from Kilkenny is having a very good season. Shamey Flanagan from Limerick is yeah, very unlucky not to well. and the foot forward line is just very hard to pick with mm. some of the players Graham Mulcahy is very unlucky and the, the wing forward from Limerick as well Tom Morrissey yeah he's doing untold yeah. so uh, the, the way it lined out anyway was Galway had four Limerick had three which kind of is That's fair in enough. line with it. then Cork Clare and Wexford had two each Kilkenny and Dublin had one each yeah look I think that's actually a fairly balanced team Barry you're playing Dermot uh, O'Keefe cornerback yeah. probably the and he, we, you'd never see him cornerback no you wouldn't I was no. going to put him in midfield especially then, yeah. so big part of his game is him attacking, attacking. Yeah, yeah. So. and the other guy, the other wing back is very good for him as well what's his name Foley Podge Foley is it yeah he actually was very. He was, and he was in the long distance freeze he's going to be better than actually Dermot O'Keefe yeah. yeah but sure look you could argue you're probably yeah. missing someone else then as well but, but it was interesting though I was going through it and I was like geez, I have to pick TJ because I've no other Kilkenny lad on it but there's not an obvious Kilkenny lad that's been brilliant for three games in a row has it? it's always been a different player yeah look I, I think probably TJ 
has is probably been the most consistent for Kilkenny. Walter Walsh probably up until up until Saturday night yeah, yeah. was probably Kilkenny's leading forward. I would say from play, he had actually had a good start, but he was quite for the rest of it. So, yeah, on on the balance of that, maybe he'd he's unlucky not to be in. Maybe I, I know, know Murphy's probably their best player. Well, Murphy's been fantastic, yeah. yeah. You, and Paddy Deegan, like you said, you mentioned him. He, he, he's been solid as well. But Kenny actually haven't had too many shining lights, but yeah. they've been kind of just solid all over. Yeah. Which you might come up to next. No, that's a good that's a good balance, 15 giggles. Um, I don't think you'll have too many arguments with that, but listeners get in touch on Academia on Twitter, same on Instagram, and GDGA at gmail.com. All right, that's Giggles Corner for this week. Up next, the Cats, Rain Supreme, and Nolan Park. <laughs> The legend of the phoenix <laughs> All ends with beginnings What keeps the planet spinning Ah, uh, the force from the beginning We're now done in past the injury time Kelly has to go for distance The referee doesn't blow his whistle Ball comes out towards Dolan Dunaway Blair have the ball. Patrick O'Connor sends it into the centre. They have to hold possession. The referee gets out of the way. Hand passes on. Donald Donovan is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match. I have never experienced on, anything rest. like it. Blow it up, ref. Blow it up. Brian Gavin, blow up the final whistle. Surely he's looking at his watch and he's blown the final whistle. It's a draw for the second year in a row. Leinster is finalised. Kenny Wexford on Saturday night in Orland Park. I'll give you my timeline of the weekend. So, the game was on at 4am Australia time. I said, right, I'm not staying up to watch it. It's too it's too hard of a time to stay up. Too hard of a time to get up and go back to bed. I get up at half seven, I have a two-year-old. He gets up around half seven and I watch it then. Get up at half seven, delighted. GEA go on. Press play and GEA go. And it's always a bit pixely at the start. So, you know, it takes a second for it to come through. But as I press play... I can see it's like the 25th minute and Wexford are winning and it looks like before the pixels come clear like that's 9-1 and I'm just like oh my god what is going on here <laughs> Kilkenny are getting hammered in Nolan Park GA goes acting up and it's 26 minutes gone so I said look there must be some problem with it he just finished up I leave it off for a few minutes send GA go an angry email even, <laughs> even though I'm on under test panel here in Australia and then I was just like, no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's something weird. I went back to the football game, went to the end of the football. The football went to extra time. So, yeah, turned it on. I watched it from the 25th minute onwards. And as a Kilkenny man by the end of it, obviously, I was very happy. But What was the score when you turned it on? Was it 9-1? No, it was like, I think it was 9-4 or 9-5 to Wexford. Um, and for the rest of that second, for the rest of that first half, Wexford on top. Like, Kilkenny getting blown out of it all over the field. Now, Brian Cody sprung a dummy team, which he hasn't done for a while. There was no sign of the team being announced until Saturday morning. Brian Cody normally picks his team for on a Friday night for a Sunday game and a Thursday night for a Saturday game. He didn't release it until the Saturday morning and it was a dummy team. He sprung Colin Fenley, Richie Hogan and Bill Sheen for starters in the forwards. Yeah. Richie Hogan, curly finger half-time. Colin Fenley, curly finger half-time. And he brought... Who else did he bring off? I can't remember who else. Richie Latty came on, Martin Keown came on. I can't Donnelly think came on as well, did he? Donnelly came on later and yeah. Blanchfield came on. But what a cracking game. Nolan Park giggles you question it sometimes as a venue. I reckon it's one of the best venues oh, no, I didn't quite, Kenny. I, you I, call I, it a tight pitch, which is not I accurate. I call it a tight pitch. The comment I made was I was at the Waterford Wexford 2013 qualifier yeah. and the atmosphere was rocking. Yeah. But yeah, maybe it's not a tight pitch. I've never played in it. So yeah, I it's don't not know. a tight pitch. I think it's because like you have the like the fans are up to the line yeah, yeah. On, on both sides and it's fully enclosed now so yeah. if it has that kind of feel to it but it was a 26 degree day in Kilkenny the weather was great and the place was absolutely hopping like the roar there was this hum even watching on the telly yeah. you, you know what I mean you could you could really get it but um, 
look, those three subs that Kilkenny made at halftime, bringing on Rich, Richie Lahey had a huge impact. Liam Blanchfield had a huge impact. Martin Keown had a huge impact. And it was similar to all these games we've seen where you're losing by nine points in a game. You're not really worried anymore, Hurling. <laughs> like, what kind of year have we had? Yeah. Like, no lead has been insurmountable. Even though Kilkenny within seven down at halftime, nine down within a few minutes, I wasn't, I wasn't panicking. Yeah. And again, Kilkenny just t- tipped and tipped and tipped. And Wexford just fell away, and everything that was going over the bar in the first half just went yeah. poor wides, yeah. and I think they panicked a bit. Wexford, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen. I've only seen a couple of highlights of the game, yeah. so I can't comment on it. But for anyone who can't see Liam here, the the home <laughs> off his face and then the sense of excitement is unbelievable. So he's obviously had a great time at half seven in the morning with Henry watching the game. But um, look, it, it's. There's a whole pile of questions and there's the, there's the thing with the four games in a row, there's the thing with the week off, there's our Wexford fresh coming in and then lose their momentum. But ultimately it comes down to at the end of the game, Kilkenny have this belief in themselves and they just know they can eke out a result and they've done it so many times. I'll go back to Jesus when Waterford finally got over the line against them in extra time last year. The same thing, seven or eight points down with a couple of minutes to go and they managed to get a draw. They just they just seem to have the Cody factor is what you call it, isn't it? And they got over the line Going back to the dummy team, like I'm sure Brian Cody knows at this stage that David Fitzgerald studies teams intrinsically to get any single weakness out of them. And I think he's just said to himself, well, do you know what? I'm not giving David Fitzgerald anything this time. And he started Richie Hogan. He started Colin Fenley. Maybe not to great effect, but you don't, in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's better to have the likes of Richie Lahey and John Donnelly and these like whippersnappers coming on who can tap balls over the bar and get on to breaking ball later in the game when, when maybe he knew Wexford were going to tire and maybe the idea of having Richie Hogan and Colin Fenley would throw the Wexford backs off because you know these are the two boys who have you know maybe 15 all, 10 15 all, all, all between them and we have to watch them carefully like you know so uh, very interesting tactic by Cody what the final score was 18 to 114 no no Kenny were 22 points to 118 yeah. yeah and look that Shawnee Another text that he said to him before this show tonight was saying that at this point that Wexford let him down, he tipped Wexford. But he thinks that Kilkenny must be the best team for mental aptitude. Aside from their abilities, they're always in the game. Yeah, yeah. And like I think that is the Brian Cody factor. Like, like I don't think Kilkenny are going to go on and win All-Ireland this year. I think what I said from the Saturday year, an All-Ireland semi-final is a good result for Kilkenny this year with that with that team. But just yeah. to see them, they did the same against Dublin, like a very poor first half. Yeah. Look nine, go to nine points and to dig in again obviously they had the home advantage but you just love seeing that endeavour you know what I mean they upped that work rate which was lacking in, in the first half and worked themselves into a real hard game where Wexford were absolutely flying it yeah. Um, was a great result for Kenny but like I think it was the impact that the players had like Liam Blanchfield came on scored two points absolutely buzzed around Richie Latia wink forward the work he got through as well back in his own half back line marauding up the field yeah. like there's great excitement from a Kenny supporter like myself and I've seen these young lads even though you know they have more development to go through Luke Scallon the same his body needs to develop he's a bit light but there's excitement from a Kenny point of view you could Definitely, see it in yeah. the stands yeah. on Saturday night as well that that Kenny crowd were really getting behind this Kenny team now the reward is you get to play Galway in Leicester final which yeah. is not really any kind of reward up in Crow Park. Now, we just had a quick chat off air saying, Kilkenny might actually could surprise Galway in the Leicester final. Not surprise him, but I think they could test him. More but so than they did the last more day. More so than the last day, but I don't. I can't see Kilkenny beating Galway twice this year. The only thing, I, I was just thinking, you, you said you'd be happy to see Kilkenny in the semi-final. Like I, I, I think Kilkenny might get to the All-Ireland final, and I think they will lose to Galway in the Leicester final. And that would probably mean, if you just follow the way results may go, I reckon Limerick will pull it off against Clare and you reckon Cork will beat Waterford or even even yeah. if Waterford beat Cork if Limerick beat Clare it doesn't matter because Cork goes through the Munster final and the head-to-head Limerick win the Munster final then right uh, so then you've come up with a situation where Kilkenny lose the Leinster final they'll probably play Clare in an All-Ireland quarter final which they'd have no fear of playing if they won that then they go on to play Limerick in an All-Ireland semi-final and just the mentality of Kilkenny versus Limerick over the years now Kilkenny have always had better teams than Limerick but there will be a mental thing with Limerick if they were playing Kilkenny and I, I reckon that's the way it'll pan out Limerick versus Kilkenny and probably Galway versus someone else maybe Cork, Cork and the other yeah. one yeah I think they'll probably beat Wexford yeah um, so that like would you fancy yourself playing Limerick oh, in the Ireland semi-final no, Limerick are playing very well at the yeah. moment but again wouldn't fear playing them where they haven't had a great record against Kilkenny I don't yeah. think they've beaten them in championships since 1973 the other in the final yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's a long time now and obviously that, that all those things come to the end like we had Warford last year but 
I think if Ireland can he get to an Ireland semi-final you just never know on the yeah. day but I, I do think it'll be a step too far for him to get to Ireland final I think Galway are absolutely lapping it up after Tipperary being knocked out of it yeah. probably they saw them as they're probably their biggest threat this year it's Galway's to lose in, in in my view but some tweaks from that Kilkenny team at the weekend which made a huge difference we saw Park Walsh come out to the half back line mm. for a long I read about that yeah. like that has been his. that was where he debuted for Kilkenny he won his first All-Ireland for Kilkenny playing wing back I'd like to see him out All there All-Star 2016 yeah. wing back yeah. I'd like to see him out there Kilkenny have had problems there now Park Neary who called you out on there on Derek McGranny's visionary would also like to see um, Paddy Deegan potentially go into full back which would release um, Park out to the wing back. Who did they put full back at the weekend? Paddy, you actually ended up in there for for a good bit of it. And Joey Holding came on and did a great job as well. A he, wing back. A wing, he came, yeah, he was out kind of wing back. He was, it was kind of the six backs were moving around a lot because yeah, yeah. they were they were following yeah. men, but and Killian and maybe to see Killian go back out to the wing back as well. But I think having Park out in the wing gives you a huge. Attacking threat, yeah. like you saw him when he goes. Like, I don't like seeing him when he does that from fullback, yeah. but I like seeing him when he does it from wingback. He's a great launch pad, probably similar to the way we extra play with some of their wingbacks. So, Definitely. yeah, there's excitement in Kilkenny after that game. Then again, though, like Wexford, how good are Wexford as well? It's hard to know. Um, yeah. they got a bit of a trimming against Galway, you know, they bet Dublin by a point, by I think was it by a point, point was, yeah, you know, so. It's hard to know how good they are, but still a great win for Kilkenny considering how far they were down. The reward is Galway in the first weekend in July. We think is it the first of July? We say first of July is a Munster and Leinster final double yeah. header, which is going to be fantastic. Um, but I think yeah, Galway are still raging hot favourites for Leinster and probably raging hot favourites for yeah, Ireland. To be fair, I'd say followed by yeah. Limerick and then Cork and Kilkenny joint hard yeah. together probably. And we saw Galway had a, had a win over Dublin, only got over the line by a point. It was a dodgy game. Couple, a couple of new boys. A couple in. of new boys. Joe in. was rested. David Burke, I think, was rested. Yeah. Dahi Burke was rested. Oh, and Dublin rally, like you could say, I saw Dice Cal had a tweet that I replied to it under Academia saying, What a brilliant year for Dublin. Like, you know, they've only lost to these games by a point, blah, blah, blah. But they still lost three games and then yeah. they beat Offaly. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't win. They didn't beat anyone of substance this year. Yeah. Have they come on leaps and bounds since last year? Definitely. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're competitive again, but still. To not register a victory over, we'll say a Wexford, and maybe they had Kilkenny that day. They should have beaten Kilkenny up yeah. in up in Parnell. And, and the, maybe the worrying thing for Dublin is that they're probably top players over the course couple of games have been Paul Ryan, Conal Keeney, Liam Rush, the three older kind of statesmen. They're like obviously Crummy in the half back line, and maybe Barrett as well. The other half back have been very good, but they haven't found kind of unlocking forwards I think Danny Sutcliffe has been a guy who's come back a lot of things were expected of him and he, he hasn't delivered like he did maybe a couple of years ago when he was in full flight mm. it'll be interesting to see how they will go under year two and Pat Gilroy whether Anthony Cunningham will stick with them for, you will, for next year yeah. Yeah, again, next few pound there probably. Pat, Gil, Pat Gilroy year two in the football was an All-Ireland winning yeah. team so oh, there you go Watch they brought Dublin from nowhere <laughs> yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see so that's Leinster wrapped up. I actually looked back at the predictor. Um, I predicted the the five positions as correct with Kilken- Galway, Kilkenny, Wexford, Dublin, and Offaly. Yeah, I think you were the same. Because I the same. Yeah, Shawnee was all sorts there. He, yeah, Shawnee's probably closer than us in Munster though. Yeah, <laughs> um, Munster's going to be interesting. We had eighty one permutations coming in this weekend. I think there's only a, that's been half now probably for on, on no. until Sunday, but we know we know the top three. But um. Yeah, that's it. Leinster's finished up. It's been a great Leinster championship. And we look forward to Leinster final in the first week of July. And we'll just come back next and we'll wrap up. Guy Henry stood up to a penalty, toughest penalty he was ever going to face in his life. You know everything riding on it. He just buried it. You know and. And was uh, it a penalty, Brian? Do you think? Well, Dermot Kerwin certainly gave a penalty. I mean, I, I, if you want to start wondering about all of the phrases in, in the course of the game, you'll have a fairly, fairly busy time. But you think yourself as a penalty, Marty? Well, I, I wasn't too sure, but it, it just seemed a little bit dodgy in, in the replay. I have no idea, Marty. Did you check all the other phrases as well to see where they dodgy <laughs> also? Maybe you should. Maybe you should. In, in terms of the referee, did you, were you pleased overall? I'm sure you are now, considering you've won the All-Ireland. But did you think he allowed a lot to go? 
Oh, Marty, please give me a break. With the referee, uh, referee, we're supposed to say nothing about referees. I make a habit of saying absolutely nothing about referees. During McCurvin, I was, I'm certain in my head was going out to be the very, very, very best he possibly could be. You seem to have had a problem with him. You tell me. Look, we're doing really well, Giggles, I think, to keep an episode out a week and trying to keep up to speed with these games. Like, we're all watching the games that are on TV live. We're watching the Sunday game. It was interesting this weekend on the Sunday game that they showed all the football first. I think it's because people, football people are crying out over the country saying, you think there's no football on at the moment that, yeah. that the coverage Hurling is getting. And look, the counter to that is the Hurling games have all been classics. Yeah. We've had one-point games, draw games every weekend. The football at the moment, the games actually, not that they don't matter, but they're all, you lost and you're into the qualifiers. Now the yeah. qualifiers are getting trimmed as we go along. But every game mattered in the hurling up until this weekend. Yeah. Now, the one, the one thing we say is the one game actually that Sky Sports stayed with was Mead and Tyrone. They went extra time, seemed to have been a cracker. It's a pity that Mead couldn't have beat, put him out of their misery. We, we, we wouldn't see Sean Kavanagh's smug smile on the old Sunday game yeah. <laughs> forward. But unfortunately, Mickey Hart's team got over the line. Another couple of incidents with a referee didn't didn't look too savoury, to be honest, from from what it looked like on, on the pitchers. But the Mead manager, yeah, McIntyre. But like, yeah, you said it. The, the hurling has been unbelievable, and the football has been dour. Yeah, and we're getting some stick as well. People are saying to us, I had one a Kerry man say to me you're not covering any football on the show I think it's just been too hard for us to try and cover both I think the energies with the hurling at the moment obviously the Super 8s will be happening with the football we will be, we'll be all over that but you kind of have to make hay when the sun shines and we have the hurling at the moment is just I think I said to you last night Giggles we're in peak hurling mode at, yeah. the, at the moment but just on on the Sky thing like that was bizarre on, on Saturday evening and Sky released a statement after it saying that it's a policy at Sky Sports that they follow a game until it's end yeah. So that because I went extra time, they stayed with that game. Now, they obviously had no control over the, the game in Old Park was never going to be pushed out. The same no. thing would have happened in RTE. Yeah, I would have. Do oh. you know what I mean? So I think it's enough. People were kind of having a bit of a cut at Sky. There's no cut at Sky for that. Though. Yeah, you know, e- even if the game was. You know, a terrible four points to three game. They'd still have to stay with it. Like you can't say, okay, the game has gone to extra time. We're going to cut now to kick any yeah. Wexford, which yeah. I would have rather happen. Uh, of course, we would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure anyone outside yeah. Leeds and Tyrone would have ha- happily have it as well. But you can't just change it. Now there was the argument that they showed it on two channels. Yeah. So they should have maybe. If I'm sure they have the technology in Sky Sports. Surely to God, to cut like okay remain here and head over to Sky Sports 8 or whatever it is if you want to watch yeah. the hurling they probably should have done that I think I think what they've said they're, they're looking into so that that won't happen again in the future yeah. but I think they were caught in the hop especially in football they don't have too many draws in the football and going to the extra time yeah. in a qualifier was probably unprecedented but like I would love to have seen the first 25 minutes of that match and what I thought was strange was I'm hoping Diego might look into it that match has still obviously been recorded for those 25 minutes but you can't see it and, and the commentating was there for yeah. 25 minutes hopefully they can retrospect and put, a, put it up so we can, yeah. we can have a look at it and it's full and I can savour that win one more time <laughs> but um, yes yeah, so you might have seen also on our Twitter and our Instagram we have a new G'day GA logo people are wondering what that is it is a, a microphone with a slitter on top it's no. not, not a torch <laughs> as Shawnee's wife thought it was um, but yeah we're delighted to have that we are going to have some G'day GA merchandise coming in the next couple of weeks there'll be an O'Neill's online store where you can get G'day GA hoodies and shorts and tops and all sorts of paraphernalia oh, yeah. which will be great but we are going to have a prize actually but the prize is going to be for whoever came the closest in that predictor competition will win an G'day GA zip up O'Neill's top nice nice prize isn't it nice prize so we'll have to trawl through the entries and see who will be the closest? I think we'll, we'll. I think there's ten positions. Whoever gets maybe seven or eight out of ten will probably be the yeah. probably. Leinster be, will be have a good few people with the Leinster. Good few ones. people with Leinster will be the Munster. Where we'll, I don't think we'll have anyone having it right. No, do no one have it fully right? No, no. no. So we'll we'll have a look at that. But um, yeah, I think I think that's it for this week's episode. Um, brought to you in association with O'Neill's. Um. Great to have them on board. The choice of champions, as they're known. <laughs> You're mixing it up here. I'm mixing it up. Evening. Yeah, just to go off script a little bit. It is the centenary year. Do check out their website. They have some some great um, gear up there at the moment, especially for the centenary year and some of the jerseys. And we're delighted to have them on board. And we're looking forward to getting our our gear. So we'll have the hoodies and the tops on for the next couple of weeks, maybe. But uh, 
Giggles, thanks for having us tonight. Thanks for the steak and the green beans. Oh, yeah. And uh, the mini roll and a cup of tea. No more mini rolls after the rest of the week. No. Big game Sunday. Big game Sunday, actually, yes. We're into the <laughs> final this Sunday against Wolf Tones, Gary Owen, the Victoria final. Um, it's given rain all week. It, it might suit us this year. Usually we'd be looking for the hard ground, but Wolf Tones have former Clearfoot forward Aaron Cunningham in their ranks, who's a, a bit of a pace merchant and a, and a serious left hand side in them. So might slow him down a bit. We're hoping for the, the old good <laughs> Melbourne Championship weather. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, they'll they'd obviously be favourites for that, but we've, we, we, we'll we give it an old rattling. And please God, we'll be here with you next week with, a, with an old cup. <laughs> yeah, and we're actually, we must get Aaron on actually with us really as well. Yeah. Maybe after the final, if we beat him, we can get if him. We, him we could do a live episode <laughs> out in Gelly Park if we lose maybe a few weeks later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll be back next week for more hurling. And please God, we'll have some more cracking games. Take care.